Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Picture the scene, a pope approaching a statue of Mary, carrying a bullet in his hand, and putting the bullet in Mary's crown while repeatedly saying these words, You saved me. You saved me. Well, that's what happened in 1982 when Pope St. John Paul II visited the apparition site of Our Lady of Fatima in Portugal a year after he had been shot in St. Peter's Square. But I want to highlight how the Pope wasn't just giving thanks to Mary in a general way. He was recognizing the crucial role the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima specifically had in really summing up the drama of the last hundred years, a, a drama in which John Paul II himself was caught up in a very profound way. Well, in this week here, we are celebrating the hundredth anniversary of the final apparition of Our Lady of Fatima to the three children in Portugal. And in this year, many people are wondering, well, why is Fatima so important? What's the big deal? And in the end, how can I actually live and apply it to my life? Well, there was one message that Our Lady of Fatima gave, uh, and that was about the rosary. She gave it at every one of the nine apparitions. We're going to talk about that message of the rosary, and I want to practically talk about how we can bring the rosary more into our daily lives and live out this message of Fatima. You know, for for many good Catholics, I I meet many good Catholics who tell me things like this. They'll say things like, I I know the rosary is important. I know it's an important prayer, but I I just don't like praying it. (laughs) They'll say things like, uh, it's the marathon of all Catholic devotions. You know, I prefer the chaplet of divine mercy. I can get that done in five or seven minutes. And, uh, And so many people can be intimidated by the rosary, or if they try praying the rosary, their mind wanders, and they're supposed to be thinking about the mysteries of the rosary, but they end up thinking about what they're gonna eat for dinner that night, or some problem at work, and they're like, oh no, wait, I should be thinking about the angel Gabriel appearing to Mary in the first joyful mystery of the Annunciation. And, and, and that's the experience many people have with the rosary, or they treat the rosary like a spiritual chore. You know, it's like, oh, something I got to do. I show up at that parish event and I see them pull out their beads and I'm thinking in my heart, oh no, not a whole rosary. <laughs> Maybe they'll just do a decade. And I kind of feel bad about that. But really, when I pray the rosary, I feel like every decade feels like 10 years, some people feel. you know. And again, this is people's real life experience of praying the rosary. Or they're exhausted when they pray it. You know, They pull out those beads and they start saying a few Hail Marys and then all of a sudden they're dozing off in the middle of the prayer. You know, how can I get the rosary started in my life? I'm busy. I've got a lot going on. I I feel like I get more out of other devotions. I want to give you five easy ways to bring the rosary more into your life. We know this is an important prayer, and certainly Our Lady of Fatima was calling us to pray this prayer and to pray it daily. Uh, I don't want that call to be intimidating for you. It is a high call. It is a challenge, but I think there's some easy on-ramps for you to start incorporating the rosary in your daily life more profoundly. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. What I want to just just basically sum up here is the importance of Our Lady of Fatima briefly uh, in just a few minutes. You know, uh, Our Lady of Fatima, as I mentioned, really did sum up the entire 20th century. She foretold the end of World War II. She foretold a greater war on the horizon if people didn't repent. So basically pointing to the Second World War. She foretold the rise of communism and of Russia in a period where Russia was 
not a dominant world power at all, and she foretold the evils of communist Russia coming. Uh, she also talked about how uh, Russia would provoke more wars and famines and persecutions of the church, and indeed, all of this came true in the 20th century. She foretold also the sufferings of the church, and in particular, the sufferings popes would face, especially John Paul II. And I think one of the most fascinating aspects of the message of Fatima was that famous third secret. Uh, so there was there was a certain secret that Our Lady of Fatima told the children that only came out uh, many, many years later. Uh, Our Lady of Fatima is most known for this. Uh, this. This featured a vision of a pope being killed alongside other martyrs. And John Paul II himself came to see this vision as pointing to his own life. When on May 13, 1981, he was shot in St. Peter's Square in an assassination attempt that nearly took his life. I remember that day. I was a, uh, a student at, at, a, at a Catholic school outside of Chicago, and I remember all of a sudden on the, on the loudspeakers and you know coming into the, the monitors into all the classrooms, there was this announcement that we all had to go to the church right away, and the, the pastor was going to offer a mass for the Pope because the Pope had just been shot, and we were going to pray for his life. I, re- I remember that di- distinctly uh, as, a, as, a, as a very scary moment moment. Uh, I never heard of this idea of a pope being shot. And we all went down to the church. We prayed for him. And as you know the story, he ended up surviving, but he came very close to death. Uh, In fact, two bullets hit his abdomen. But what's interesting is that neither of those bullets struck a vital organ. One bullet was only inches away from piercing his heart and aorta. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, the date of that assass- assassination attempt, do you know when that happened? It was the same date as the first apparition of Mary at Fatima, and that was May 13th. And, and so John Paul II just saw all of this, and, he, and, he, and he, he, he knew about the third secret and realized that this is all... Uh, <laughs> I was caught up in this drama. Uh, so reflecting on all this, JP2 knew that it was Our Lady of Fatima who was protecting him. In fact, he later said that while the assassin's hand fired the shot, quote, it was a mother's hand that guided the bullet's path. And in his throes, the Pope halted at the threshold of death. So uh, I think that's a, a key moment for JP2's own life. He saw that well, while the assassin was firing the bullet, it was Our Lady, Our Lady of Fatima, that guided the bullet, protecting him, descending it inches away from those vital organs uh, to keep him alive. Uh, and so he gave great thanks to Our Lady of Fatima. Now, he had a tremendous devotion to Our Lady, a great devotion to the rosary long before this moment. Uh, but he also uh, gave great thanks to Our Lady of Fatima and then began emphasizing particularly the rosary even more. Uh, John Paul II uh, began his pontificate, he said, in the rhythm of the rosary. That was very important to him and often called on people to pray the rosary. But toward the end of his life in 2002, he came out with a whole apostolic letter, a great teaching on the rosary, really pleading with us to turn back to the rosary. He saw that there were many people that weren't praying the rosary like they used to, that this was not being passed on to the next generation. Uh, And it was being devalued in many circles in the church. And and he, he knew how important the rosary was. He knew that the one request Our Lady of Fatima made at all six of the apparitions in Portugal, the one request that was made in all six apparitions was to pray the rosary 
daily, to pray the rosary daily. And John Paul II was concerned that many people were were turning away from this powerful devotion. He knew how important it was in his own life. He describes it as his favorite prayer. He turned to it many times in moments of trial and in moments of difficulty and in moments of suffering. He opened up from his own heart and shared how in those times of challenge in his life, he turned to this prayer and found great strength and great peace uh, in the midst of many difficulties. And, and like a good father, toward the end of his life, he just wanted to pass that on to us as, our, as children. He wanted to make sure that we could turn to this powerful prayer. I think John Paul II was right to be concerned that this prayer wasn't being passed on effectively uh, to the next generation. I know uh, I was blessed to grow up in a really great Catholic parish and uh, learned about the rosary. And I remember when I left college and, and went you know, on to my, my corporate career long before I, I studied theology, I worked in the corporate world for a while. And sometimes after work, I would stop at the church near uh, on my way home and I would pull out my beads and I would pray the rosary. And I remember one day I, I was praying there in the front row and there was nobody in the church until I heard the door open and there was a woman probably in her mid fifties just standing at the door. And I could tell she was staring at me. Do you ever have that feeling like someone's staring at you? That's how I felt. And, and sure enough, I look over and she's still staring at me. A few more beads go by and I look over again and she's still staring at me. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. And eventually she comes right up to me and she puts her head in my face and she says, excuse me, are you praying the rosary? <laughs> and I, I, I kind of laughed inside. I showed her my beads. I said, yeah, I'm praying the rosary. And then she said, wow, you must be uneducated. <laughs> uneducated? I remember, what, what, what does she mean by this? I felt a little offended. And then she went on to tell me her story. She said, you know, I grew up in a home praying the rosary, prayed the rosary every night after dinner. And then... I um, I didn't go to college, but after our high school, I, I ended up getting a job and living on my own. And all these years after dinner in, in my own apartment, I, I pray the rosary or I pray the rosary in a church like you. And I was just in another parish kneeling down like you praying the rosary. And the priest came in and saw me and he told me I shouldn't pray this prayer anymore. He told me that this prayer, the rosary, it's only for the uneducated people. Uh, and, and I never went to college. So I figured that's why I pray the rosary because I'm not educated, but you, you're dressed in this business suit. You look like you went to college. Did you go to college? I said, Oh yeah, I went to college. He says, yeah, I was surprised to see someone like you, an educated person praying the rosary. Wow. I, I tell you, I felt so badly for this poor woman who had been humiliated for praying the rosary. And I felt even worse for this poor misguided priest who, who was telling her to not pray this prayer. You know, this poor man, maybe he got really bad formation when he was in seminary or bad information that this was changed. We don't need to pray this prayer anymore. The church has never taught that though. And uh, I, I think I share, I share that story because I, I do think John Paul II was right to be concerned that this powerful devotion was not being passed on, that it was being undervalued. It was being set aside for a time. But thankfully, it, it's making a great resurgence since his... 2002 call for all Catholics to return to the rosary. And I meet people all over who have told me they were scared of this prayer, intimidated by the prayer, and then they get started. And wow, uh, it, it really makes a difference in their lives. And, and so let's talk about that now. Let's talk about how we can bring the rosary into our daily lives more. Because again, admittedly, it, it can be a hard prayer to pray. We can easily get distracted. It does sometimes for you know feel like it just takes a long time. Um, I, I want 
want to offer a few insights, five practical strategies, five easy things you can do to jumpstart your rosary. And I want to, I'm speaking here to those of you who might be avid devotees of the rosary. You pray the rosary already. You, you love the rosary. God bless you for that. I'm hoping even here, these are some tips that maybe will, will help bless you in, in, in getting in, in going a step further in your praying of the rosary. I'm also going to be speaking to all of you who maybe just don't pray this prayer. Maybe you've never prayed it before, or maybe you've done it a few times, but you don't really like it. Uh, remember, Our Lady of Fatima said, this is an important prayer. I want to help you live out her message uh, and find some easy on-ramps, easy ways you can fit this into your schedule and apply it to your lives. Maybe there's some of you who did pray this rosary a, l- a little more regularly in your life, and you've fallen away from that, and you kind of sense, I, I, I want to get back to it. Well, this is a great week to do that here, as in this year as we're remembering the 100th anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima and her message about the rosary. So five easy things you can do. Anyone can do this to bring the rosary more into their daily life. Uh, And we'll find it'll make a great difference just like it did for JP2. So you ready? Here we go. First one, just keep in mind, you don't have to pray it all at once. I think many people think the only way to pray the rosary is I've got to block out 20 minutes of time and kneel down and close my eyes and, you know, and, and, and pray all five decades at once. And, uh, and don't get me wrong, that's a wonderful thing to do. If you can do that, please, please go for it. But I know there are many people out there that just feel their lives are busy and I just don't know how I'm going to fit it all in. Well, you don't have to pray it all at once. You could divide it up. Just do a decade or two at different points in the day. You know, you could do, you know, maybe two decades in the morning when you're driving the work. Just turn off the radio. Give, give God just a few minutes of your time. It would just take a few minutes to pray maybe one or two decades of the rosary on your way to work or when you're running errands or, you know, in between meetings, you know, or maybe at your lunch break. Finish lunch, you got like maybe two more minutes, you could just go check email or could just play on your phone or you could say, you know, I'm going to go into a habit here. I want to, I want to give God this, this time. I'm going to give him a decade of the rosary. Maybe you do a decade when you're going for a walk or when you're on your exercise machine or late at night. You don't have to pray it all at once. This is the beauty of the rosary. Again, it's wonderful when you do all five decades in a row, but I want to tell you there's people like, um, have you heard of a man named Joseph Rotzinger? Uh, Joseph Ronsiger, Pope Benedict XVI, he writes about how he, he he would break up the rosary like this. He said his mind would get too distracted and it was easier for him to just maybe do two sets of mysteries at a time, you know, so you, you don't have to do the whole rosary all at once. Um, and, and what's nice about that too is it, it kind of like fills your day. You know, when you when you pray it this way, you just, you know, incorporate a decade here and there, and you just sprinkle throughout your day, time with Jesus and Mary and the rosary. It's a wonderful thing. So that's the first one. You don't have to pray it all at once. Second point, you can pray it anywhere. That's another great thing about the rosary. Uh, it's like a portable chapel that you can keep in your pocket. You know, I love that. You know, you could be you know, out on the soccer field watching your son's soccer game and he goes down and, and you know, he's hit by the ball and you can just pull out those beads and just pray a decade for him right there. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's like a portable chapel there or, you know, there's some problem at work. Uh, you know, all of a sudden some, some problem comes up, your boss is upset about something or there's this, you, you're going to hit a deadline and you hit a snag. Just pause two minutes and you can just 
pray a decade of the rosary right there. Uh, or there's a friend in need. You can, you can pray it there or you can pray it again. You could take it with you wherever you go, on the plane, in the car, uh, when you're going for a run. You know, it, it's just like this wonderful portable chapel always available to you, those beads that you could just pull out in any time of need, any time where you want to bring a special intention, or you just want to just tell God you love him. Uh, this is a wonderful thing to do. So, First point, you don't have to pray it all at once. Second point, you can pray it anywhere. It's like this portable chapel you keep in your pocket. Thirdly, there's different ways you can pray the rosary. Many different ways that you can pray the rosary. You can pray it uh, while you're focusing on the mysteries. You can pray it when you're focusing on the words. Or sometimes you can focus on the name of Jesus. There there are many different ways to do it. So, for example, um, sometimes people get overwhelmed by thinking, Oh, Dr. Shree, what do I do? Do I, do I focus on that uh, the mystery of the Annunciation? Uh, do I focus on the words of the Hail Mary? Uh, what, what do I do? And, and you know what? It, this is another beautiful thing about the rosary. And, I, and in my own life, I'll, I'll focus on different aspects. You know, certainly the rosary is meant to, is in the repetition of the prayer, to slow us down, to get us into a rhythm, to, to free our mind from the distractions. So get, you get into a rhythm by praying this repetition uh, of the Hail Mary. And what that does is, it can allow us to free our mind to focus on the mystery. So you can put yourself in the biblical scene. Let's say it's the first sorrowful mystery of Jesus agonizing in the garden. You can think of him there. He's praying. You can picture the angel coming to strengthen him. You could picture him sweating like drops of blood. You can picture his prayer saying, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. You can picture his prayer of surrender. Not my will, but your will be done. You can picture Peter sleeping. <laughs> you know, so you, you can use your mind to think about the mystery uh, and, and enter into the scene itself. And that's a wonderful thing to write the story of Scripture, the story of Jesus on your heart through the rosary. It's a wonderful thing to do. Uh, another thing you could do is focus on just the words. Sometimes, you know, it, you're just too distracted or you're too tired and it's too hard to, to really contemplate too much, but maybe just focus on the words. And you could think about the angel Gabriel saying, Hail, full of grace. Or you can think about, Blessed art thou among women, the words of Elizabeth. Blessed is the fruit of Mary's womb. You could focus on that. You know, one, the, the most important word of the Hail Mary is what John Paul II called the hinge of the Hail Mary, the, the holy name of Jesus. We could just focus on Jesus' name uh, at, 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 every Hail, at every Hail Mary in the rosary. One other great practice John Paul II recommended, we don't have to pray it this way, um, but there are a number of European countries that do it this way. Uh, they'll add a little clause after the name of Jesus to relate each of those ten Hail Marys to the particular mystery we're contemplating. Uh, I think this is really helpful. Uh, so, for example, if you're doing the first sorrowful mystery, you could say, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus agonizing in the garden, or blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus sweating like drops of blood. Something that does, for every Hail Mary, you just kind of helps your mind to refocus on the mystery. Uh, the first sorrow, the first glorious mystery, you could say, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus risen from the dead, or Jesus appearing to Mary Magdalene. Uh, I love this because, I don't know about you, but I can be very spiritually ADHD, and my mind is going all over the place, and especially when I'm driving. Sometimes when I'm driving, I like to pray the rosary this way, uh, where I'll, I'll take this clause and put it at the end of the name of Jesus for all those Hail Marys, so that when my mind starts wandering, I'm immediately brought right back to the mystery itself. So don't get stressed out whether you're thinking about the words or you're thinking about the the the, the, the mystery, or even if it's just thinking of the name of Jesus and just speaking his name with love for all those Hail Marys. If you don't do anything else, you know, all you can do is just simply say, blessed for thy womb, Jesus, 
but think of Jesus or just speak his name with tender love, that is giving Jesus a great gift. Uh, so that's a third practical point. So what have we seen so far? You don't have to pray the rosary all at once. You can divide it up throughout the day. You can pray it anywhere. It's a portable chapel. You keep in your pocket, pull it out at any time. Uh, and there's these different ways you could pray the rosary, focusing on different things. Another thing I want to tell you, it's easy to fit in your schedule. That's the fourth point. This is easy to fit in your schedule. I'm going to ask you a question here. Do you have two and a half minutes? Do you have just two and a half minutes that you can give to God each day? Because that's all it takes to, to pray one decade of the rosary. It just takes two and a half minutes. Um, and, and if you're really nervous, I just don't have time to do all five decades, I want to say to you here, just do this. Just give God one decade a day. Do this for six weeks. Tell God, okay, between now and you know Thanksgiving or whatever, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to just promise you, Jesus, I'm going to do one decade of the rosary every day. Two and a half minutes. That's all we're talking about. You have two and a half minutes you can give to God. You know, and again, if you're just wanting to get started, get your feet wet with the rosary, just try that. Just do one decade a day. Make a commitment. Do it for six weeks. And I, I, I'm going to bet that you're going to experience a number of blessings. You'll find greater peace. You'll find a, a longing to pull out those beads. It won't be so much of a chore. And that might invite you to take further steps and bring more decades into your life. But the great thing about it, fitting it into your busy schedule, you know, you can do it in between emails, do it between little projects at work. You can, when you're starting a certain project, you can pray it before you have to have a difficult conversation with one of your kids. You can pray the decade of the rosary. You know, it's, it's just easy to fit in at different points throughout your day. Um, last point here, fifth point, even if you can't give your full attention to the rosary, it's still worth praying. Sometimes we'll let the perfect be the enemy of the good. That we'll say, I just can't pray the rosary as well, and so I'm just not going to pray it. You know, think about that. Who is it that is beating us up and accusing us of not being good at prayer? Who is it that is saying, you stink at this prayer. You can't do it. You don't have time. It's a waste of your time. You don't get anything out of this. You, why bother? Your mind's too distracted. You don't have time. Who's putting those thoughts in our head? That's not coming from God. That's coming from the enemy, the accuser, the devil. He knows how powerful this prayer is, and he'll do anything to keep us from this prayer. Uh, so I want you to know that if, if, if you feel exhausted, or you feel, you know, there's times in life you just feel you're overwhelmed with life. You feel stressed out about something, or maybe you're troubled by something, and you feel like, I'm just not praying this well. Don't beat yourself up. You know, just know that the words themselves are holy. The words come from the Bible. Just simply saying the words is giving God something beautiful. And, and the fact that you desire to just carve out a little bit of space in your life, you know, just two and a half minutes, you know, here and there, or, you know, whatever time you're going to take for praying your rosary, that, that that's a beautiful gift that you, you can give to our Lord. And the Lord rejoices in that. Um, and remember that the intention to pray just simply saying, God, I, I want to give you this. Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas, the great doctor of the church, says the intention to pray is the foundation for all prayer. That even if we lose attention, we lose our attention, we get distracted, as long as we went in with a good intention, uh, it's going to be very pleasing to our Lord. Uh, so, you know, if, if you just start your erosion, you just say, Lord, I, I'm going to, I'm tired, I'm tired. I'm really distracted. I'm overwhelmed right now, but I'm going to give you this. If you just just take a moment before you you start your decade or start your rosary, you know that that is a beautiful thing. Uh, now, this isn't an excuse. You know, this I'm not saying you can like try to pray the rosary while you're watching the 
uh, the, the, the Broncos game uh, on Sunday afternoon in between downs, you know, or, or while you're checking email and you're kind of praying the rosary and you're kind of not, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying, you know, if you're, you know, you're just going to pause from what you're doing, pull back for a moment, say, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to try to give you my best. You could do this even while you're driving a car, even while you're on the exercise machine, even these other things, but you're going to say, right now, Lord, I'm going to try to give you my best, the best that I can give, even if it's a pretty broken, distracted prayer. <laughs> the Lord will be very grateful for you giving him that time. So uh, let's remember, you, you don't have to pray it all at once. You can pray it anywhere. There's different ways to pray the rosary, different things to focus on. It's You can fit it in your schedule just two and a half minutes to give to God. And even if you don't give him your full attention, if you at least tell him you want to give him your heart, you're giving him a good intention, uh, that's a wonderful thing. I hope this has been helpful for you to understand a little more about Our Lady of Fatima and her great message about the rosary, most especially um, that the, these insights give you a little encouragement to, to pray the rosary. Share these insights with others. You may have good friends that uh, are intimidated by the rosary, but would be so blessed to start incorporating the rosary more into the, your daily life. And I challenge you all, for especially for those of you that aren't praying it every day, make a six-week commitment. That's a wonderful thing to do right here in this year of Our Lady of Fatima's 100th anniversary. Uh, just make a six-week commitment to do just one decade. That's really a small thing you could do. Give that to our Lord, uh, and, and he will bless you abundantly. Well, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to ask you one, one favor here. If you could uh, pray for this podcast, and if you enjoyed this, uh, if you can go on to iTunes or however else you're, you're, you're listening to this and, and give it a review. I'm told that uh, uh, the more people review it, the more people subscribe to it, it, uh, it, it helps like rise up on, on their, on, on their uh, algorithms and it gets out there to more people. So if this is blessing you and you think it'll bless other people, if you're able to write a review, uh, that would help get the word out some more. I would really appreciate it. Uh, I will be praying for all of you uh, in my rosary today. And I ask you if you can remember me and my family. I'd be greatly appreciative. Uh, if you have any questions about the rosary, you want to learn more uh, about the rosary, you have any questions uh, uh, about how to pray it, uh, I have a, a new book on this. It's called Praying the Rosary Like Never Before. You can find that on my website, edwards3.com. If you want to ask me directly any questions about the rosary or share a story about your life and praying the rosary and how it's made a difference, uh, I'd love to hear from you and share that story with other people that uh, may, may be blessed as well by it. Uh, you can pass that on to me. You can reach me again through my website, edwards3.com. Uh, you can contact me through there. You can also contact me on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Look forward to being with you next week. God bless.